There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm Brown & Crouppen sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. Maggie appearing on YouTube. Bad idea jeans. Oh, man. And here come the texts. <laughs> uh, it is the Ryan Kelly morning after 9 o'clock hour here on TMA from the Michelob Ultra Studios. Timothy Michael McKernan, Douglas Elvin Vaughn, the Plowhawk with you. And in studio, joining us from the Illinois Recovery Center, it is our pleasure to welcome Chris Pondoff and Eric Conley. Gentlemen, Good morning. Welcome to our closet. Good morning. Morning. What do, you, what do you think of the closet? There's some hot guys here. Okay. What's wrong with that, Doug? What's wrong with that? Starts up. Don't look at me when you say hot guys. I know. I know that I'm Ikin. What do you guys think of Eric? Oh, I thought Hot guys everywhere. See, I, call I feel like there's five hot guys in the Plowhawks well hung. Oh. Yeah, don't let the statue That's what the segment's you. about? <laughs> I am not 14 years old. Don't let the statue Eric's fool Eric's on YouTube, right? Uh, he is. Yeah. He is. He's in Ken's chair. Iggy's pissed he's not on for this segment. What's he going to do with the time off? Smoke. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's right by the Bitch about right some now. guy on his roster for bogey. Bobby Chalk. Bobby Chalk. Idiot. Bobby McIntyre. <laughs> Idiot. Yep, that's exactly right. Uh, gentlemen, we are very grateful for uh, your support of the show, but also grateful for the project that you have taken on with Illinois Recovery Center. And to give our audience proper context as to how this all came to fruition, I think it would be helpful to hear both of your individual stories because you both have experienced uh, addiction, rehab, and recovery. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Chris, why don't you uh, start sure. things off? Yeah, I, uh, I'll break character here a little bit, um, if you will. I am an actual recovering alcoholic. Uh, grew up in Belleville. I now live in Webster Groves. And... Uh, Feel free to put two and two together, but... Um, what do you mean by that? Yeah, that what, what does that mean? I like it. What does that mean? So does that if, mean I've uh, slept with this man's wife? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Did you not get that offered via the EDF group text inbox? You know, with with not necessarily being on the air for the first two minutes of the show today, and then whatever Iggy was talking about in the last segment, the text inbox has had a lot of, a lot of volume in there this morning, <laughs> so I didn't necessarily get a chance to see every text that came in. It's real but talk. But I understand there was a, a Japanese term that That's would probably right. violate FCC rules that, were, that was offered to me. Yeah. Me, you, Welly. I, I, right? I think I invited Deke. Oh, Deke's going to join us after but his AI he, audio postcard. Is he suspended from that? He got suspended no, indefinitely no. again Can he today. come to the gangbang? No, he can't. <laughs> he right. can join He's water sports. Your fine. name is on the suspension list four times here, as I've got to know. 
so Eric. he's not allowed to be not on exactly the exactly and yeah Eric Eric is uh is is fresh meat to the to the TMA uh audience and and real quick I, I still have a, a a bulge in my pants from the James Why? Carlton what are we talking about the James Carlton segment about the ecosystem here that TMA offers so breaking character Eric James Carlton's a sponsor and the sponsors, I mean, it is a tight knit group that we take care of, of one another, and that segment. You are with the EDF group, for yeah, the record, yeah, for those so, who are not a, not aware of that. Chris, I am the Pondolf principal. Is the recovering alcoholic from Belleville and Western Grove? And huge, huge news here, Doug. <laughs> I guess so I have so. been at his home with Michael Wellington, uh, and then in addition. Uh, EDF group and also now. Uh, Where's with, that pale? With the uh, with the uh, Illinois Recovery Center. Is the pale twink here? <laughs> what pale are, are you talking about? It's not Big Daddy. The twisted oh, yeah, he, doesn't he doesn't have, have headphones. headphones. He doesn't have headphones, yeah. Jackson. Okay. Jack, Jackson, Jackson just said, what's up, Big Daddy? There you go. What's going on? He's been my golf partner at Forest this... Park a couple times lately. Yeah, you guys get out. How's yeah. his ball striking? He's, his, long iron, his long irons are fading a little right, so so we gape him on those pretty good. <laughs> me, oh, me, Rusty, gosh. and the Rictator. <laughs> that sounds like a great force. It's a great force. Anyway, <laughs> Eric. So the the point is, this is um, this is a great group. I I, I fully whole, wholeheartedly believe in in this group. EDF has been on board for a couple years now as a sponsor. Um, we we're pretty goofy, but uh, <laughs> I, I like to have fun too. Well, we, but when when the going gets tough, man, people rally pretty. Yeah, that's the truth. Being strong. a part of the golf the golf tournament, yeah, you got to was, see it. Yeah, you I got, got to, to see, see the the bond between sponsors and everybody supporting each other. It was pretty cool. And, and, and Eric's recovery story is he's like a little brother to me, even though he's he's got some guns. He's, he's piped and he's hot. Oh, he's hot. Um, <laughs> this is so great. I um. Hit, but I'm, I'm, I'm watching kind of, guys come in and flirt with each other. Tell me other. more about that. Yeah. Tell me more about the <laughs> basically a cat call. I got a memo about a different interview, but I kind of just feel like yes. we're we're at the foot of the bed. <laughs> we can do a swap. Um, anyway, I, I feel like I I mean this with Eric's story. Like he he gets a little bashful, um, and I feel like I'm his Ari to, and he's Vinny Chase because his story is 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 just powerful um try not to drop the f-bomb there it's yeah, so Paul Hawk, powerful. i got Paul you can get you if it happens don't it worry about that so powerful i i my i checked into rehab uh, march 25th of 2014 and and <coughs> i was on rock bottom man um and i and the grace of god got me sober and and, and it was I, I was one of the lucky ones to do it once and you have something inside you that just wants to help people because you. I feel so lucky, and and a lot of us feel that way. And and I, I think Eric had a had a had a much tougher battle because where I was an alcoholic, and I, I like doing doing coke was a was a wasn't an addiction to me. It was to continue my increase my alcoholism. I was really. I, I was. Drinking so much that I would do coke so I could drink more. I wow. was not ever waking up to do blow. I was never sure. ever. The thought of doing blow sober makes me want to vomit. Like it's just makes me feel gross. I would do coke so I could drink alcohol more. It would allow me to drink more. It would allow me to, in my mind, drive somewhere safer home because it does hyper focus you. So it wasn't an. I, I don't 
firmly believe I was addicted to cocaine, but I was so addicted to alcohol. It's a now, lifestyle, I'm sure. Now with Eric, it was a, it was a different story, and and his story is so powerful, and it's in today's epidemic of the fentanyl crisis mm. that th- this isn't being dramatic, man. This is this is life saving transformation with the fentanyl crisis now as, as eric will tell you people it's robbing people of second chances it's it's one hit quit done and it's mixed now with opioids coming in the form that look like pain pills and what's to that what's so important about eric's story and i'm going to shut up here in a second he's he's <laughs> you're going to have to get on the mic here buddy but eric's stories why it's so powerful is People think that a heroin addict, some junkie, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is the guy at the off ramp with a cardboard sign that hasn't shaved or taken a shower in six months. And that could never be them. That could never be their son. That could never be their brother, sister, daughter. Yep. That's 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 BS, man. Mm-hmm. It can be Eric. Eric looked like that. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> He's got pipes. Look at him, fats. Look at him, fats. That's one of the best T-shirts. Look at him, fats. Well, look at me. I, I <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Once you're in one of these chairs, self-awareness goes out the window. <laughs> so, Eric, what is what is your story? It's um, well, first of all, thanks for having me. Of course. So, giving us a platform to kind of spread this message, spread the message of hope. Um, Chris asked me to come on and, and be a part of this. So uh, I seen it firsthand with the golf tournament. You guys close knit and everybody's helping each other. Um, my story is, is it, it's, it's really, you know, Chris kind of put some accelerant on it saying it's better. You know, it's more than what uh, anybody else's story is. Mine's kind of just straight to the point where sports, painkillers, Led to uh, so you're playing sports and you yeah. got an injury and then you were on painkillers yeah. after a surgery. Is that yep. what it was? Okay. Yep. And, and how old were you? And uh, I think it was probably about 15 the okay. first time. And um, and so was, you got hooked on the painkillers. Yep. Yep. So it started out just what we call like a weekend warrior. So just taking them to have fun in high school, um, go out and have a couple beers, and take a painkiller. How so, did you get it? Doctor's prescriptions. And, well, he gave and, you enough that you could yeah. keep going for a while. And most of the time, that's where the addiction starts. Is that Vicodin? Yep. Yeah. That's yep. what it was. That yep. Vicodin know. started with Vicodin. And, and most of the, if you talk to the vast majority of uh, individuals struggling with opiates, it, it started from a doctor's prescription. Um, so that doesn't mean the prescription, they mandate you to take them, right? So a lot of us just try it for the pain, obvious reasons, and, and, and it works with the pain. And then we have this bright idea of taking it for, you know, maybe, maybe take one. I'll just take one. Mm-hmm. Just kind of loosen up, have fun, have a couple drinks, and then it's a graduation process. After that, it's, well, one makes me feel good. How about two? Two makes me feel good. I've been doing yeah. that for a while, and yeah. it goes to three. So my story kind of, you know, simplified, uh, started out that way. Um, my mom had cancer, so I also had her pain medication readily available. Now, she didn't take it, so um, I figured why, why let it go to waste, right? It was there, so I would start by taking her medication in the mornings, and, and then it would help me 
cope with maybe some depression or anxiety of the fact that my mom has stage four breast cancer and I wanted to be a tough guy about it and not show any emotions. So it helped me numb out those emotions where I could cope with everyday life. And I didn't have to go speak with anybody about it. Um, my intentions were pure, right? Uh, I was working for Frito-Lay for 10 years. I was going through college. Um, so all of that happens. And then one day, um, you know, she passed away. And then essentially my supply, wow. the copious amounts of pain medication, ceased to exist. So um, I always tell individuals, and when I, when I tell my story, um, more specifically, my father asked me one time when I graduated to heroin, and he said, I must have done something wrong. I know your mother didn't. I must have done something wrong. What, how did it come to heroin? And that's a, you know, a pretty impactful question, and even furthermore, with the, the response to that, no father's ready to hear that, the answer to that question. Um, but I told him is it, it was a graduation process. It started out just having fun being a young kid, trying to explore and experiment. Then it graduated to something that was needed to help me, you know, um, be the man I thought I was supposed to be, have my emotions under control. And then it graduated to heroin because it was just at that point a business decision. Um, it was more readily available. It was uh, cheaper than pills. And um, that's where heroin addiction started. You know. And how old were you when you first? When I first, well, heroin, I was 23 when I tried heroin. And that was when my mom passed away. Okay. Her anniversary was just July 15th, um, 2010 is when she passed away. Um, but 23, she passed away probably a couple weeks after that. Um, I tried heroin for the first time. So I wanted to quit. I, I'm, I'm the, the addict, the alcoholic that I always wanted to be clean and sober. I just didn't know. Uh, what was available, you know, I didn't I was ignorant to the resources I didn't know there was facilities you could go to when I thought of rehab. I thought of uh, You had to be rich and famous mm -hmm. no powerful people most famous person. I know is Chris Pondall <laughs> no, <laughs> gosh. That's saying a lot. I mean, oh, that's fabulous <laughs> Great. But um, yeah, that's so we're here just want to spread the message <laughs> yeah. How do you even get heroin the first time? How do you even know where to go to buy it? So that's, it's unfortunate to say, but it's, it's transitions now. The game, let's say, is transitioned now from heroin to fentanyl. Mm -hmm. Heroin is no longer even available. It, it's all fentanyl, um, which is like a, I'm not a physician, obviously, but synthetic opioid that is more readily available. It's more cost efficient to make and to smuggle. And it's everywhere. But to answer your question is, um, you know, you, you, when you're not doing the right thing, you tend to gravitate towards those people that are also yeah. not doing the right thing. And it presented itself. And, and for four or five years, I drove four years, I drove across the, from Illinois, Fairview Heights, all the way to North St. Louis every morning, every evening for about four, four years straight. No way. Twice yeah. a day. Just to buy it on the street. Just to buy it on the street. The amount of time and energy, never mind monetarily speaking, but the amount of time and energy, there's sometimes I think about the amount of energy it took to do that and sustain that. Was I get like, exhausted thinking about so it. Is that like an hour and a half round yeah. trip? Our, our, I think because we did it so much. Yeah, you know. Myself and, and then buddies of mine who were also struggling, I think we did a round trip in an hour. Gosh. And, yeah. Imagine 
how powerful the addiction is to take over your brain to forego the risk of of entering neighborhoods that are very dangerous to do dangerous activities. You don't even think about it being a risk yep, yeah. because the addiction yeah. is completely hijacked your brain and you cannot function until you are scratching that itch. Sure. Um, in the, we've seen, and I've, my wife and I have fostered um, a child and involved in that in the foster care system and we see it overlap here mm-hmm. where where bio parents that struggle with addiction cannot parent and they the, their addiction comes first before their and it's and it sounds awful right it's not everybody's like well yeah screw that person it's 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 deeper than that it, yeah. it's, they're it's, physically dependent and mentally obsessed it, they cannot do anything until they scratch that itch uh, they were uh, that, that's how the disease takes over your brain especially with heroin opioids heroin and now fentanyl mm-hmm. it literally they, they've i've heard stories where you can physically touch fentanyl and it's it's you're you're hooked it's it's really it's a bad deal. really it oh it is, can seep into your pores man wow and, and too much of it can take you out if yeah. you touch it. God yeah. almighty. Uh, Eric what? Conley and Chris Pondoff are in studio with us here on the Ryan Kelly morning after they uh, are the founders and uh, operators of the Illinois Recovery Center telling their story and uh, and, and getting incredible feedback already from your guys' uh, transparency with this. Uh, Chris, I interrupted you. I apologize. No, no. I, one thing I wanted, Eric, um, you, you've always shared that you've, when you told and I know your father well, when he asked you that question that you said to him, I didn't wake up one Tuesday morning and decided to start right. shooting heroin with the, I, you know, right. nobody likes needles when they go to the doctor. Nobody likes getting a shot. You don't just yeah, wake up and decide to start yeah, shooting it's, heroin. It's not, a, it, it's, it's not like a, uh, you know, spontaneous hobby that you want to engage in. It's, uh, it's deeper than that, you know, and, and, and that's what happened. My dad asked me one time, how did it come to this? When the cat came, was out of the bag, per se, um, and my sisters and my, my dad knew I was struggling, he asked the question, how, how did it come to heroin? And, and my response was just that, is, you know, I, I, didn't, I didn't plan for this, I didn't want this, and, and now you're in a position where you can't live with it and you can't live without it. And uh, once again, the... The next question, and it's a family ordeal, is what what do you do? Yeah. Where do you go? Who do you call? And let's be honest, we're, we I'm, we were raised a blue-collar family, so the next question is, is this going to cost a lot of money? Yeah. And yeah. I don't think we have it. So um, fortunate enough, I had insurance, and I could go to a, um, a facility that gave quality level of care. It, it kept me at a private facility. Um, and... <clears throat> bouncing around a little bit, but it took me several times to get clean and sober. You know, this so you hour. went in multiple times, but yep. it took multiple times. Yeah. What was the breaking point to get you to go in the first time? Um, I tried to, uh, I crashed my car intentionally. I tried to check out of the equation, tried to commit suicide, right? That's even powerful today to admit out loud because I can't imagine that, um, you know, those feelings. Um, but that after I, Wrecked my car, crashed into an embankment, flew out the passenger side window, woke up in the ER, no broken bones, no lacerations, wow. nothing. Um, 
the the pivotal point with that is that nobody was in the hospital for family didn't show up so they were at their wits end and it was time to uh so you're in the hospital and nobody showed up yeah wow yeah. now that could have been i never asked the question but in my mind it was their way of saying um we're done you know you either get help and we'll support you or don't get help and and this is a glimpse of what life will look like um never really talked about that because it was that week my sisters uh angie and jennifer they they worked with uh a good friend and fortunate enough arranged the logistics to get me on a, uh, a flight down to Florida within days of that happening. Yeah. Now, when you're, when you're going through these rehab stints and also fast forward to you obviously helping out other people, um, one, what are the age ranges that you typically see? And two, have you seen a lot of your stories with sure. other former athletes, whether it be in high school, whether they're starting college? Um, in that kind of a trend? Because um, I know you hear about it a lot, but you don't really know the story of did they go on to any opiate after that, you know, any heroin or what have you. Do you see stories like yours sure. um, in the times you've helped? <clears throat> yeah, so the age range is at, at Illinois Recovery Center is 18 and above. And, okay. and kind of that that demographic, it's, you know, Chris mentioned it earlier, is um, we get this false connotation that it's uh, – you know, an alcoholic's a guy with long hair, overgrown beard, overcoat, pushing a cart underneath the, you know, the the, the interstate pass over the freeway. Um, it's not. It's not. It's 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 white collar. It's blue collar. It doesn't matter who it is, race, color, gender, religion, um, tax bracket either. So, um, but I do hear a lot about the stories. The opioid epidemic is still very much so present. I would say 10 years ago it was considered the heroin epidemic, and now it's transition to fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And once again, uh, to mention what Chris uh, stated earlier, the difference is now is there's there's no second chances with the fentanyl. It's the the overdose rates are astronomical. Where heroin, you know, they uh, unfortunately many people lost their lives, but heroin there seem to be. Uh, a lot more second chances with fentanyl. It's it's uh, unfortunate circumstance. I had a very good friend. His sister thought she was partying. She was not in recovery. She thought she was doing cocaine one night out at the bar. Um, it wound up having fentanyl in it, and she passed away. I, this may be a really remedial mm-hmm. question. I don't know, but what is the, what is the angle with the fentanyl? Why are things laced with fentanyl? More powerful. And, and then that increases cheaper. the power of the yeah. addiction immediately. Yeah. So then that's done by the product maker to uh, okay, yep. all right. Yep, that's, yeah. what, that's so what I assumed it was, but I didn't know. I saw Robert De Niro's grandson just uh, passed away last week, I believe. Fentanyl, 19 years old. Did they? Did, I didn't know if they. So they did they say did. that's what the autopsy wow. said. It was fentanyl. Yeah, I eulogized a. And he was a kid I've known since we were in strollers together. Our mothers were best friends, and it was last summer. He had been to rehab 18 times in prison five times. It was the worst disease of addiction that I personally know that's personally struck me. He's tried everything, um, and he couldn't beat it, but he knew how to use. He knew how to use. And what I mean by that is when he would relapse, he knows how to get heroin safely. Uh, that's a thing, and use. But he did until everything was laced, and it was a shit that uh, took him out. Yeah. And And it... And, you know, before the fentanyl epidemic, the overdoses were 
quote unquote folks that would get sober and then they would go to relapse and they would use the same amount of heroin they were using before they checked into rehab. Well, it would OD them because it was too much. They bought their sure. body couldn't handle it because they had detoxed from that that dose, correct? Sure. So when I say he knew how to use, he knew not that was the pitfall. That was what they would teach you if you're gonna relapse, don't go back to your dosage that you were shooting before entering rehab. Step it down because you're gonna stop your heart. Mm-hmm. And Narcan will bring you back. Um and so so when I say he knew how to use, he knew not to Yeah. I thought you know, when you I, go into rehab, what what do you do? That's you a talk, great. You I'm talk to you other addicts that. or the doctors or, oh. or what? Yeah, no, that's a good question. So I always contributed. To, uh, it's similar to to going to college. Our you know our campus, Illinois Recovery Center, is set up like a college campus. We're main building and then we yeah, have dorms. Um, we had but, Channel Four out there, Doug. Um, mm-hmm. You where you work sixty hours a week? Yeah, Doug's big channel. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad you asked that, and I want to be respectful of time because I do want to touch at Eric to speak about if we got a second on the experience at, at IRC and what we feel makes it different and, and it is a desert here in say this area in the St. Louis metropolitan area and when people hear Swansea I know Iggy doesn't think that's St. Louis because <laughs> it's a six but it but it is uh, Swansea's as close to downtown St. Louis as Chesterfield is so it Iggy may disagree with all of that. Um, we had this conversation with a coworker yesterday. I guess Missouri doesn't look too highly upon Illinois. Anything? Well, Illinois the region's related. thriving so effectively <laughs> that we can afford to divide things by by roads that, and rivers. That, that river is a wall, not yeah. a. Not oh yeah, a river, we're not huh? crossing. We're not, we don't cross bridges. No. So, so that's a great question, Doug, and and we are so thrilled and and grateful and blessed with the staff that we've. The people have left positions and, and joined our team. And, Absolutely. And I'll let Eric uh, talk about the experience well, that I Well, to received. answer your question, it's set up just like education, just like college, and, and kind of telling the experience on what a day looks like in our, our campus. So um, when you come in, it's you're, you're going to school, you're getting educated about yourself. It's Rehab is nothing more than education about oneself. So you're learning how to cope and... Uh, um, dealing with some some grief and trauma and, and getting honest with yourself, having the willingness yeah. to get honest with yourself and, and being open-minded that this thing just may work. It just may work. Yeah. So most of us go into treatment and they think this, this shit ain't going to work. Oh, That's put right. him down. Oh, him down. That's all right. <laughs> So. You got to see it in work right there. It's right there. Yeah, it you got my knees for that, that was, one. You were pretty oh. slow on the draw. <laughs> you, got a, you got six seconds. Okay. Oh. You're a professional. So it's like a classroom setting? Yeah, so there's lots of groups therapy. So if everybody's in group and and um, they're learning about different different ways to help live their life clean and sober. So it's it's there is individual sessions with a primary therapist, individual sessions with a substance use counselor. Um, we do have peer support specialists that are basically individuals in recovery that can talk from one addict to another, mm-hmm. um, get on that level and, and share stories and, and ways and, and their experience, strength and hope, um, and case managers as well that help out with any, le- uh, any of the legal stuff that individuals come into treatment with and, you know, continuing their education afterwards or after care. Um, and, and in Illinois recovery center, we're just. It's a mom-and-pop shop, so everybody knows everybody's name. So clients come in, they're going to know all the staff's name, 
and all the staff knows the client. So we want to stay small, and, and it's designed that way for, uh, for a reason. Mm-hmm. So the quality of care is, is always present. Uh, 32 beds and then grow into 50 beds eventually. I want to make sure I, I touch on two things before we let you guys go. Uh, a number of people have, have been texting in. One of the things that stood out to me when we were talking to Maggie O'Brien's at the, the night before the Dotem party, and you guys were telling me uh, the volume, relatively speaking, for example, in Florida, where you went, right, Eric, mm-hmm. um, of available facilities, and then the ratio and how tilted it is for availability in the St. Louis area. And, and what was some of that math that you guys were sharing with me? Yeah, so I think we were talking about in the, you know, there's a couple private facilities in the St. Louis metropolitan area in the outskirts, um, St. Louis County as well. But, you know, when we were going with Illinois Recovery Center and, and its fruition, we were, I think there was right around 3.2 million people mm-hmm. uh, in the metropolitan area on both sides of the river. And, both uh, sides. Both yeah, sides. both sides. We're Illinois. We're going to count Illinois. That place, Illinois. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I've taken a conservative number of 10% of that. You know, there's 320,000 people that struggle with addiction. That's a that's a very conservative number. Is that right? That's the math? Mm-hmm. Really? And, you know, for those individuals, there's, uh, you know, you count all the beds and put them together. We don't have enough beds in, in Illinois, Missouri, and count probably you know, many other states that can serve that amount of people that struggle in. Um, so, like Chris said, we're 15 minutes from downtown, even though that wall, you gotta, you gotta cross over a Mississippi River. The sad reality is there's just not enough beds. There's not. Yeah. There's not. And so that is the reason why you guys have started Illinois Re- Recovery Center. Uh, that, and we both grew up, you know, Swansea is the, is Swansea, Belleville, Fairview, all feed to Belleville East, uh, Shout out to to our Lancers. Um, hmm. You know, it's uh, where we grew up. Uh, mm-hmm. We went to high school. I got Eric arrested when he was thirteen, taking him to his first high school party when yep. I was a senior. You got him arrested. I sure did. Oh, I'm boy. proud of it. Um, You're proud of that. They caught us with our pants down in the woods by a dumpster. No, we got oh, him drunk. Nice. We got him wasted. Mm, um, stick around for balloon party. <laughs> yeah, I'd love those textures. <laughs> They're great people. Uh, we're getting some of the text here. I mean, so many people are incredibly complimentary of you guys sharing your stories and what you've done with Illinois Recovery Center. People are asking, how do you pay for it? What, what's the insurance situation? And that's one of the obstacles. You made reference to that. Like you thought treatment was fully for people who had sure. a bunch of money. You're blue-collar upbringing. Sure. What's so, your answer? So we are a private facility. We work with private health insurance. Right now, um, we offer a self-pay option, too. So we're going to be... Um, I'm going to say this and, and stand by it. We're going to be the most cost-effective uh, option for private facility. Um, I think we'll get some of the state-funded programs a run for their money as far as effectiveness on, on, on the overall cost. Uh, we have a scholarship program. Last month, we opened June 12th through July 12th. We had 22 admissions, and we scholarshiped three people. Now, that's nowhere near enough people. Everybody needs a scholarship, and... This last time that I got clean and sober, I was a product of a scholarship. So I didn't have insurance or anything. Um, so we want to be aggressive and make sure that people know that even if they don't have private insurance, give us a call and, and see if we can work something out financially to get people in. I think a, a important part of that is is in a cornerstone of your recovery is, is a level of accountability. So when we set up, if we set up a private pay plan, 
it's not just so we have to keep lights on, right? We have expenses and overhead, but it's also a part of your recovery to honor commitments, whether that's a pay, a, a payment plan or it's your recovery, your 12-step program. There's all kinds of – it helps you build confidence and accountability, and it's – Well, here's some math too. So if you talk to an individual and they're using fentanyl and, and uh, you know, they're spending $100 a day – which was is what you hear quite a bit. That's what I was That's using as heroin. Okay. I was spending a hundred dollars a day. So if you do the math on that for a year, yeah. So we're spinning the perspective a little bit because if you ask me right now, Tim, you got can you borrow twenty dollars? I don't have any money, right? Yeah. But if you're betting on yourself and you're yeah. willing to uh, put your own skin in the game, like Chris said, and and say, listen, I was spending a lot of money in active addiction, but I'm gonna put it towards my recovery. <clears throat> it's scary, but mm-hmm. we'll work with you on that. We'll work with you on that. So, um, like I said, give us a call and, and let us at least have the opportunity. And and if you can't make it in Illinois Recovery Center, we have resources for other facilities that might be uh, best fit your clinical needs or, or financial means as well. Uh, how can our audience uh, learn more, find out more, contact you? So you can visit us at uh, IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. We have our uh, phone number. Uh, we have numerous marketing materials with different phone numbers, but I would encourage everybody to visit our website, and there's some some good information on us. There's some pictures, and then have any questions, give us a call, and one of our call center reps will will further answer any uh, any questions you have about who, what, when, where, why, and and how to how to get get yourself some help. God bless. Gentlemen, thank you for everything that you are doing and sharing your story. <clears throat> I'm, thank we you, may guys. get an influx of uh, fake addicts from some men because seeing Eric just to get a piece of you to try to check in. and, oh, and you, know. no, you think that's going to be, there's going to be an influx? No, He's hot. Like, that's hey, what you, it guys, takes. you guys have Gosh. an extra bed for a big old burly guy like myself? <laughs> what in the world? And before I go... Sweet, sweet Kai, you can't hide in those coal mines forever. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm coming for you, baby. He's going to gape sweet, sweet Kai you really at a coal mine. Yeah. Get that coal dust, baby. <laughs> he wants that coal <laughs> dust from sweet, sweet Kai. That's right. Yeah, Mountaineers. What a way to end this. Thanks for having us. <laughs> there he is. We appreciate uh, you guys so much. Chris Pondoff, Eric Conley, thank you, gentlemen, for coming I in. I knock it off with uh, Yeah, especially since he just has been re-suspended. Thank yes. you, boys. <laughs> Great, Thanks, to, great to see you. There he is, Eric. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you so much. I'll see you later this afternoon straight. for a, a matinee session. You got it. Well, <laughs> Wellington is uh, coming back off the Champions Tour. Love gonna, the toys. We're going to join him for the festivities. Uh, how about this? My dad went through rehab three times and eventually couldn't help from relapsing. His addiction caused him to lose his job and then abandon his wife and seven kids. Big props to the job you guys are doing. That's from Minute Bowl wow. eligible. Um, Let's see. I have a friend who is spiraling out of control with alcohol. Every time we think he's hit rock bottom, something even worse happens. My friends and I are very concerned. It's a matter of time before he gets in a car and kills himself or someone else. Do you have any advice on what we can do to finally get through to him? The only thing that's gotten him clear for a period of time was 90 days stay in jail. Wow. Uh, That is from Sister Catherine. Patricia, uh, I apologize for not reading that while they were in studio. Uh, I met the recovering alcoholic at Top Golf last year. He saw my TMA shirt. And we struck up a nice conversation. Super great guy. Gave me an inside track to Olive and Oak. Still waiting for the wife swap invite, though. Oh, uh, it's from Neil Allen. Great is that wife swapping? Yep. That's not what this is about. That's but, not the kind of addiction we're talking but about. But see, these two, like, 
addiction, you know, you, you, people look at it and like it, there's a stigma around it. You know, people. And I'm, glad right, they, I'm glad they. I'm glad they kind of shed that light. That I mean, look at these two fine gentlemen with very successful right. careers. Look at how you know they were. Not, what was it? Nine years ago when he said he hit rock bottom and couldn't be a nicer gentleman. Love his wife and family. So like recovery, it, it it's very important. And addiction isn't the end all be all. Uh, IllinoisRecoveryCenter.com. That is where uh, you can find out more information. And very grateful to uh, Chris and Eric for coming in and sharing their stories and for what they're doing with Illinois Recovery Center. I visited it, uh, I guess, about a month ago, I would think, approximately, if memory serves. And it really is an incredible facility. Um, and so if you know someone, and a number of you are texting in that you do, uh, Illinois Recovery Center. Dot com is where you can find out more. Uh, all right, uh, friends of the feather, we're going to have the design air heating and cooling email of the day, the morning after, at insidestl.com. Then balloon party at the top of the 10 o'clock hour. Switch over to 101 ESPN and just switch your YouTube over to 101 ESPN's channel and you can uh, talk it over in the YouTube chat with the friends of the feather uh, from 101 ESPN and then just see how, how naughty Jackson and I look uh, when there's a window in the studio, because I think the light helps really? there. Yeah, the lighting. I think we, yeah, we, I think we slid it up really nice. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you. Holderness and Born, Iggy can attest that when it comes to fashion, finding clothes that fit properly can make or break the outfit. But when you want to not only look good in all types of weather conditions, and swing a golf club comfortably, fit is even more essential. Holderness and Born has absolutely nailed the fit, because their approach is tailored but not tight, even for those who wear a bigger size. The fit loosens. As you get toward large, extra large, and on up while maintaining the sharp look, you can pick out from across the driving range. They have 15% off at Holderness and Born at hbgolf.com. That's hbgolf.com with the promo code TMA15. That's 15% off your next order, and then you'll be able to feel the difference in the premium golf apparel of Holderness and Born, classic style with modern fit and performance. Jackson, tell the people about Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Well, he's the great communicator, too. Yeah, he is. You know, he talk about, you know, so many people have the knowledge and wisdom that Mark Hanna has, but the way that he separates himself from the competition is the way he conveys that message to his client. Again, just a great communicator. I work with them. I know Doug has worked with them. Probably mm -hmm. Joe has worked with them. And a number of our listeners have worked with them. They all say the same thing. Like, I had someone come up to me and say, like, hey, I started working with Mark Hanna, and he's, like, tr like the way he speaks to people is, like, truly incredible. I love getting on the phone with him. And that's the same thing I've been saying for so long is that you get on the phone with Mark Hanna, he's going to walk you through it, he's going to give you information, but give you information in a way that, as Tim has said before, he's a life Sherpa. He is a life Sherpa. Oh. And so that's why I love working with Mark Hanna. I think that's exactly why you will love working with Mark Hanna. 314-889-0503 or go online at evergreenstl.com and work with the great Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. We're also big fans of that Eddie McVeigh at Maggie O'Brien's. Looking for a place to cater your next party? You can check them out, Maggie O'Brien's, uh, in Sunset Hills and in downtown St. Louis on Market Street. They have catered parties for my family before, and we will certainly be using them again. Again, it's Maggie O'Brien's, a local historic Irish pub, over 40 years in business, and it's family-owned. It's locally owned and operated. If you're looking for a place to tailgate for the doggies games, uh, Maggie's has parties in their parking lot from 4 to 7 with DJs, food, and drink, and then you can walk on over to the game or head inside and join the party. And for the Cardinals, who are uh, in the midst of uh, yet another world championship run now, Doug, it's fun to see. Feels like it. Uh, Five in a row, the first of about 20 wins in a row. That's correct. Free parking and shuttle service, park for free, and then $2 shuttle to Cardinal Games and just about any concert. It's Maggie O'Brien's two locations.
downtown St. Louis on Market Street. Union Station is next to them. And South County in Sunset Hills, where we have had multiple TMA broadcasts. It is Maggie O'Brien's, and it's something you should probably spend some time and think about. Thinking about it. But we'll do. All right, fair enough. Uh, Tommy Tommy Fleet Fleet is tied for the lead with Doug's favorite player, Christo Lamprecht. They are both finished and shot 66s, which is five under par at Royal Liverpool. Uh, Stuart Sink, Wyndham Clark uh, amongst those at three under. Matthew Jordan, the local who is a member at Royal Liverpool, is at two under along with Jordan Spieth. Siwoo shaking that ass. They are in the clubhouse. And uh, some other notables, Preed. Thomas Peters of ILL, Matsuyama, Cantlay, Kepka, Scheffler, Shoffley, all at one under par. Dustin Johnson's at one under. He is out on the golf course along with Tony Finau. If you wonder where he be now, it is the fourth hole. And he is one under par. Rory McIlroy and Tyrrell Hatton also at one under par. As far as big names who put up big numbers, Adam Scott, it isn't a big number, but he's one over par. Cam Double bogey 18. Uh-oh. Sounds like he's on your roster. So did Ricky. If he he's in 18 roster. where Ricky hit it, it looked like a normal shot, and it's OB. Oh, really? Is Ricky, yeah, I Ricky, said Ricky that. Problems? It's like, no, it's like he had two the out-of-bounds is like five five yards off the fairway. I couldn't believe. I, I didn't know. I, I didn't understand But it was a good it. shot, but it was OB. It, it just looked like it was kind of, I mean, it was right, certainly, but it didn't look even close. I mean, you see guys in some tournaments that can play from anywhere. But, yeah, that's a weird OB area for 18. Apparently, Sia Sagala seven. is a seven over. Or five no. over, excuse me, Ooh, through seven. God, and he's on, that's on your team, Doug? I think so. Every one of Doug's players is over par. Yeah, Doug's done. Well, it was a good round on Thursday, but you're done. <laughs> well, I don't have any say in it. I just blindly pick these guys. I don't know why you pick them. To try to help the children. Next week, do this. When you're picking the name, say, okay, I would have picked that one, but I'm not. How about that? Put it back and then pick another one. Think about that move. Because you would have a fit if I did that. No, as long as you don't look at it, you can do whatever you want. You want to lick your wound, go to Ted Drew's. I was there last night. Wow. Oh, really? What'd you get? Of course. My usual. Strawberry, what is your usual, baby? Strawberry Sunda with a little dollop what of caramel. It? It's Sunda. And it's caramel. That's how you pronounce it. What is it? Caramel or caramel? I caramel. don't care so much about okay. Sunda with caramel. But Sunda I will not listen to. Oh, that's a nice play play. It was unreal. There's a couple anyway, of Ted Drew's in the freezer I'm going to take home. It was packed, and yet the line is so efficient. Yeah, they are effective there. Five minutes and you're done. I assume you were Chippewaing or oh, South Grand. No, I was Chippewaing. I love to Chippewaing. Both are yeah, open. People that take your order, they don't even write it down. You can give them five nope. or six different things. They look right at you and then here it is. They're wizards <laughs> is what they are. It's Ted Drew's, malts, shakes, sundas, floats, and ice cream sodas. Quartz are available as well. That City Red is my new favorite. Uh, Plowhawk, and you went to your go-to, which is a strawberry sunda with caramel? Yeah, with caramel. A drizzle of caramel. Yeah, drizzle. Sunday is what you had. Uh, Cardinal Sin, the lemon crumb. It's all there for you, along with many other flavors. Ted Drew's frozen custard. It really is good, guys and gals. And if you want to attempt to become half the player I am, because you'll never become the player I am. I don't know. Or if the man that you are, Tim. Thank you. <laughs> nice addition, Doug. Uh, Family Golf and Learning Center. Get your work in. Uh, chipping, putting, hitting the golf ball. You can hit uh, 375-yard drives if you would like at Family Golf and Learning Center. Uh, not too many places in the St. Louis area you're going to be able to do that, plus that short game, familygolfonline.com. Great instructors there, classes. They have a restaurant and bar as well, and a par three course. It's Family Golf and Learning Center. You will find me out there quite often. I love it at Family Golf and Learning Center. Familygolfonline.com. Uh, Jesse Kioski sent me this. I didn't see this earlier. Oh, wow. What How about it? this? 
the gentleman who has the most posts on the fan page also has the most listening hours on the app. Wow. Uh, Iggy, if you want to see it, because you were asking who it was, I'm not going to say it. Does he win some sort of prize Is it the same one that we had like eight months ago? I I had never guessed that. Uh, I'm not on there anymore. I don't know. 7,109 hours, 52 minutes, and 27 seconds of listening time. Second place is 6,319 hours. So his lead is comfortable. That's like an IV of of TMA (laughs) constantly going. He's either a big fan, has no life, or is a stalker. All three are in play, and all three can be true at the same time. Can't be disparaging our top fan. No, I think that's fine. I said it could be the first one. could be just a loyal fan. Uh, Producer Joe, I I missed some text here over the last hour. Uh, The first TMA was July 26, 2004. Then it was the morning grind. And it was me, Martin, the cat, and A.J. Nickel. Remember Nickel, Iggy? Yeah. Banty Rooster. (laughs) Banty Rooster. To listen to 1,000 hours of this, that's 2.7 hours a day, every day of the year. 2.7 hours for 365 days. I saw saw our former producer, uh, Adam. Different subject. (laughs) No, he sees it. He just said it. He just mentioned it. I had a little it. math. I thought I'd share. He That's mentioned all. a TMA producer. I mentioned another one. Okay. Um, Adam. But he's got a nickname. He's got a... God, I forgot his name. Don Gay? No. It's another. It's a regular name, but... Anyway. Back to the Seymour. memory care facility. I, I saw him not far away. Arthur. Okay. Arthur. That's I'm it. a big Arthur fan. I saw Arthur. Arthur... Was the producer I called from the Spearmint Rhino in Las Vegas when I was having my first ever, I believe, MFF. And it truly was, if you're asking me Mount Rushmore of moments in my life, it probably was one of the greatest moments of my life. And it was like, it was probably 5 o'clock Las Vegas time, so I knew Arthur would be at the station. And this is like 2003 or something. Uh, And I'm just like, I just need to be able to share this with somebody. This is so you called Arthur. So I called Arthur, who I loved. Uh, what do you have to say guy. about it? He was so happy for me. He still remembers the call. We, he occasionally will email me. Uh, so he produced for me and Jennings and Rich Gould, and that was the show. And then Rich quit, but didn't tell anybody. Just like he wouldn't come in on Fridays and tell anybody. Right. <laughs> uh, so then Scott Warman replaced Jay, or excuse me, replaced Rich. I left to do, like, maybe a year with Frank Cusimano on the press box, but then Frank would miss time, and that's when Martin and the cat would come in, and that is how, essentially, this show was born. Because I noticed that old people hated it, and I thought that was a good thing, and and that young people liked it, and I thought that was a good thing. And uh, then that Atlanta group came in and bought it, and they go, we already got our morning show. And uh, and that's when they moved us, uh, well, made us full-time, and we became the morning grind. July 26, 2004. There it is. No. Uh, Martin quit uh, in October of 2006. Doug, amongst 20 others, quote-unquote, auditioned. It turns out nobody really was auditioning. You were just mm-hmm. doing work for free, and you didn't know it. Right. And exactly. then Bob Fesco, who I had never met, uh, got the job, and the cat was fired. Uh, in the meantime, producer Joe was fired, and Martin quit, and so we had about seven months of a, of a time period in which the show really wasn't the show, even though it still had the same name. 
And there is a brief history of uh, what will be a 19-year-old radio show in six days, per producer Joe's information. There you go. Well, I apologize. I just, I remember, I saw Arthur at Jay's memorial, and he said, tell the guys hi, and I forgot, so I'm telling you. He said hi. Thank goodness Iggy broke out of regularly scheduled programming for that little tidbit. That's from KGNO Town. Well, a guy who was very loved uh, at the station uh, wanted to say hi to everybody, so I passed that along. You won't have that problem, but... Are you saying he's not well-received here? Oh, not by everybody. Oh, oh Bill. Gosh. Oh, Bill. I had no idea. Yeah, I thought he was liked. I thought they were bringing him on board January 1. Yeah, it's kind well, of my understanding. His table-side Caesar salad is the best I've had, frankly. <laughs> God, Doug. Well, you know what? It's gotten away from us that the good news is Balloon Party's <laughs> only six minutes away, and oh. that's when we restore order. Has John Denton okay. gotten back to you, Jackson? Yeah. Is he in? Uh, yeah, so he's on a flight to Chicago, but he lands at 10.15, so uh, he said when he lands, he'll shoot me a text. So probably 10.30 or at the latest 10.40. Okay. I had that flight from Chicago on uh, Saturday night. We took off from Chicago at 10.03. We were on the ground in St. Louis at 10.45. Oh, that's nice. They don't even get to cruising altitude when you go from I Chicago. I can't imagine, yeah. No, you're, you're basically you're flying over power lines the whole way. You can see the highway. Can you imagine flying that low the entire way to St. Louis, Chicago? You didn't run into things. You did trees and things. I remember because I felt I felt safe. I felt safe because. Well, if you're moving a few hundred miles an hour, it doesn't matter how close you are to the ground. I know, but you still. But I could see. I could see things because on the way to Chicago from Vegas, it was like turbulence the entire time. I mean, there are times I thought we were going down. I know you won't go down in turbulence, but you think that way. And then Chicago home was like, <clears throat> oh, my God, I can still see cars down there. We're, we're good. Nice. There's not going to be any turbulence. We're not up high enough. Well, John Denton will join us on that flight or from that flight coming up as the Cardinals begin a four-game series in Chicago. Ladies and gentlemen, time for the Design Air Heating and Cooling email. The day! The only words I can think of to describe Tim today would be unbelievable. You guys are going to think I made this up because I just did. But I was on the phone with Brian Henschen, and he said, you can't beat me. You're not good enough. Well, just like Sharon Stone told Gene Hackman in The Quick and the Dead, I told him, today I am because I have an advantage over the other emailers. I had sex yesterday with one of the show's hosts. Oh, I ran up to the studio to ouch up my G and R tickies when I saw him. I was like, hey, man, you realize all my emails are just joking? I'm not into dudes. Apparently, he didn't care because he unzipped his khakis and filled my mouth with his love. Okay. That's from a girl, though. Phyllis. The leggy blonde? Yeah. First name's Phyllis, and then the last name's Hole. Okay. Phyllis Howell. I remember Kevin Miller winning guns and roses against Boys, the show today epitomizes what you boys are capable of. It started out not going out over the air. (laughs) (laughs) Iggy just rambling on about God knows what and the typical slap and tickle. But you ended with one of the most powerful segments you ever had. We lost my brother-in-law to opioids a couple of years ago, and that story that Eric told was almost identical to the experience our family went through. My brother-in-law just fell into a situation that he just couldn't get out of. Everything we tried with him just didn't work. I truly wish there was a facility like Illinois Recovery Center that could have stepped in and helped. Great show, boys. Great show. That's from Hey Man, mm. He Man. Hey Man, 
He-Man. Guys, don't feel bad about your never-ending audio technical difficulties. I was watching TV coverage of the Open this morning, and their audio also stopped working for several minutes. At one point, Mike Tirico came down out of the tower on the 18th hole and angrily stormed over to the broadcast truck to fix the audio kerfuffle himself. Sure, TMA has repeated technical technical issues several times per month, but mistakes are bound to happen when you put a forgetful pothead in charge of oh. making sure the program gets on the air. Darren, how about setting a reminder on your phone? Perhaps write it on a sticky note. Maybe Gary Atkins could call you at 7.06 every morning to verbally remind you to put the show on the air. I imagine that phone call might sound like this. Now, remember, son, you have one single job. Put down the donuts for a minute and hit that special button that lets the listeners hear you guys so your 25-year-old boss doesn't have to storm into your pathetic little Cracker Box studio like a disappointed babysitter to do your job for you. Although when you guys came back on the air this morning, the best topic you could come up with was, quote, the science of farting on chairs before a disgruntled senior citizen pouted for 15 minutes straight while the entire day has just sat quietly and stared in disbelief. Now that I think of it, if that's the best you could come up with, maybe you just would turn off the live stream again. Four, please, JV golf coach now bottoming. JV golf coach now bottoming. Every morning around 7.05 a.m. I have to roll the dice on which platform to tune into that won't won't have audio problems. Lately, I've been using the app, which doesn't have the aux-off problems that you get with the YouTube feed. But today on the app, I heard the usual intro featuring Jermaine Stewart. And then there was a pause. I braced for Jackson saying, hello. Followed by Doug yelling, where's Tim? As is what usually follows a pocket of dead air following the intro on days when Tim is on vacation. Mm -hmm. But today it was just more dead air. So I just pivoted over to the YouTube feed and Tim was there regaling the audience with a wonderful tale of TMA sponsors taking care of each other. What's that? We weren't on the air? Okay, well, let's just reread Seth's text. But first, let me tell you why I need to be on my phone. (laughs) You see, I got free concert tickets through Hubbard and then gave them away to friends. Then the person who gave me the tickets emailed me that she needed them back, but I don't check my email except when I'm killing time during Tim's live reads. We know all that. Why are you repeating it? (laughs) And I just now see that I was supposed to give those tickets back, but at this point, it's too late. So just in case I get another important email about free tickets I'm supposed to give back or perhaps another non-work-related email reminding me to attend the Zoom meeting for a charity organization I'm the president of but always forget to attend the meetings because I'm on page 24 on Pornhub at the masturbation station. So yeah, I need to be on my phone. Deke Dotum from Milagro Tequila Lister of the Month. I love how he used AI to have Van 2 intro Doug Chandler Hill's report with Ann and Van... Two, one. You remember Van Two was sitting next to AJ Clemente when he dropped a gay effing <laughs> ass during the start of a local newscast on the NBC affiliate in Bismarck, North Dakota, ten years ago. <laughs> I do. That's from Buck Swope. Oh, Buck Swope. Nice little email. And Buck. finally, hey, just a quick PSA. Who the hell does Mike Tarico think he is? You know, after being in the local golf media for forty plus years, the nerve of this guy to not text me back when I sent an unwelcome text demanding he drops what he's doing to hop on our early morning low wattage.
show a few years back is one of the most unprofessional things I've ever encountered in this business. And that's saying something, considering I once hooked up with a listener and let her regurgitate the previous night's hearty bean dinner oh. into my living room sink. But seriously, he's a great guy. Just a good, good dude. I actually met him in LeBron Cone a few years back. <laughs> He's a tiny little thing, like a carnival worker. Anyways, I'm not worked up or angry, but that asset Tariko keeps booking jobs in golf, and he needs to know that me, Iggy Strode, a guy who hasn't paid to sneak into a North City golf course in a little over 70 years, can't stand him. I actually have his number still, and again, I want to reiterate how solid a human being he is, but it's about time I critique his ass. It's been a long time coming. Like I was saying, such a great guy with a story and successful career, but this is something I simply can't let go anymore. He's a real jackass. Oh. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yes, eating hats. Hats don't have no chew. You can't eat them. Thanks. I'm new here. Do I just send my PTO request to KGNO Town? If you need me, I'll be hammering darts in front of the Mungus main entrance. Doug, that's what we have for the designer. He okay. needs calling email a day. What was that guy's name? Uh, I'm new here. I'm new here. Uh, between him and the JV golf coach now bottoming and Bucky Swope, I'm, I'm going to go for I'm new here. Yeah, the last one. I'm new here is one. The design air heating and cooling email today. Jackson and I are already in balloon party, but I'm still in this studio. Go watch us on YouTube on AI 101. This has been the Ryan Kelly Morning After from the Michael Wilson Studios. Bye.